Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. I am Sykes and this is my podcast. Now, before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode with David Farlato. If you're one of the people who listened to that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there, who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Today on the show, we got a little bit of extra beer in the fridge because my guests are Meg Evans and James Evans of Rock Bottom, Spoonwood Brewing, and the Pittsburgh Brutal Beer Fest. Now, for those of you out there who don't know about the Pittsburgh Brutal Beer Fest, this is a all-day festival celebrating local music, local breweries, local eateries, and it's going to be pretty awesome. The coolest thing about this festival, though, is that there are four local bands collaborating with four breweries to make four unique beers for the event. If you have more interest in learning about this, we're going to talk about it today on the episode. And I also have a video that I made with my band Greywalker, since we are one of the bands that are a part of this event. And you can watch that on our Facebook page. I'll put links to the Pittsburgh Brutal Beer Fest website, the Kickstarter that's currently going on, link to the video that we made and any other sort of information that you will need to know yeah so without further ado how about we just get into my conversation now with meg evans james evans of the pittsburgh brutal beer fest sit back relax and let's start the motherfucking beat What's going on? God damn it. God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> well, anyways, we're here to talk today mainly about the Pittsburgh Brutal Beer Fest yeah. and some other things. Might oh, get a little little personal. I have some Maybe. curiosities just about you two in general. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's do it. But, uh, <laughs> so you both make beer, correct? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah Definitely. How long have the two of you been making beer? We can start with you. Um, so I've been in the industry for six years and brewing professionally just under five of those. So I started at Southern Tier, like working in their cellar. So it's part of the brew house. But doing every, I was doing everything like butt brewing when I was there. Um, you know, like cleaning fermenters, like getting yeast from one place to another, so on and so forth. Um, and then when we moved down to Pittsburgh in 2012, that's when I picked up officially like working on a brew house, brewing and so working in brew pubs. When you started at Southern Tier, <laughs> was it like 
your intention, like, I want to brew beer. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So I was actually living down here in Pittsburgh, um, like right after kind of a year out of college. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck to do with my life. So I was like working customer service jobs, working in kitchens, like doing anything that anyone who's like lost in life does. And then I got a call from one of my friends who worked at Southern Tier. And she's like, hey, do you want to like label bottles and glue boxes for 40 hours a week? And I'm like... Well, no, but yes. So um, I took the job and put in my two-week notice and moved back to from Pittsburgh back to Jamestown. Sure. So and Just get your foot in the door. Yeah, it's exactly what happened. And uh, started doing the like a lot of just general labor stuff. And then there was an opening on the bottling line, which for me it was like they had two different buildings. So I was in like a building away from where the brew house was, but I was like the bottling lines in the brew house. <laughs> I need to be over there and yeah. like getting to know people and like trying to talk all their ears off and like, you know, try to get like move up. And, uh, that's kind of where it progressed. And that's where James and I met. And then, uh, officially I should say. Nice. Okay. And then, yeah. uh, and then I found, kind of had that, like, I was trying to move into to the brew house, the Southern Tier, but it kind of found, like, secondhand that they didn't want to promote anyone, and they wanted to hire people who, are, like, had schooling or had a prior experience. So that's when I applied to Oregon State University and left pretty much almost a year to the date of when I started there. Um, and so I moved and then came home on winter break and then got offered a job, so I moved back. So a lot of moving in like a very short period of time. So right now we're kind of like not moving and it's great. <laughs> finally, <laughs> finally settled in. Yeah. <laughs> finally, like everything's like s- still. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's pretty cool. How did you get started, James? Uh, my buddy who was, he's still working at Southern Tier called me. He's like, he knew I was working a job I hated. It's like there's an opening, apply, use me as a reference. So I did, got the job and. What were you doing like at first? Uh, I was just a bottle line, just okay. bottling line. Yeah, I was actually always late, so she'd have to actually stay. Oh yeah, that was that was such a great introduction. And cover until I got there. <laughs> so. Yeah, but let me describe the job that I was doing though. I mean, again, no, nothing in the brewing world is all that glamorous, you know. It's just on the outside it looks glamorous, but like I was literally like pulling bottles off a line and putting them into a box and then taping that box. And then doing that for eight hours. Sure. And then he was late all the time. And that was super fun. I had places to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, work. That's the way it was. No. No, now, no. Uh, so for you, James, prior to working at Southern Tier, did you have an interest in beer or wanting oh, to yeah, brew just, and stuff like that? I Well, like the first few days I was on the brew house after we were done working, just talking to the uh, the brewers at night, just picking their brains and kind of just fell into it once we moved down here because I was once again working a job I couldn't stand. We had met the uh, bre- head brewer at the time of Rock Bottom. He thought we were cool. And just so happened the day that we called him to ask him if there was a position open, he's like, no, we're all filled. The very next day, the guy, uh, one of the dudes who was working there at the time quit. Like huh. gave us two weeks, so it all like worked out. What a kawinky dink! Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and then the guy who James now works with, Steve, was also working in Rock Bottom, so it's just 
own Sessuous Circle. But yeah. uh, so he was leaving to go open Spoonwood Brewing Company. And that's when I was kind of looking for a new opportunity. I guess we'll put it like that. Um, and so I saw Rock Bottom as a possible opportunity to grow and eventually maybe move into a head brewer position. And so that's when James and I started working together again. And we worked yep. together for another what, year. Close to. And um, then I got offered a head brewer position. And James was already working part-time at Spoonwood. So kind of moved him out the door and yep. up there got full-time. Fired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So involuntarily involuntarily yeah. moved on. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Out. Cool. So that answered some questions that I had. Cause I was like, that's just cool that the two of you are into making beer and doing this festival thing. And yeah, well, now would be a good time to talk about that. So when did the idea, I guess for the brutal fest come about? Um, it came up when I was, we had moved down here and I was working at Guitar Center on Robinson. And that's a job you hated? No, 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 no. No. You like that one. No, I like that one. And then I left Guitar Center to go to this terrible moving company okay. up in Cranberry and I was like, "Oh, this is the worst." Yeah. Uh, but every every month like the magazines that didn't sell, they would get rid of. So I'd always grab a copy like Decibel and Metal Hammer and all that. But in Decibel there was this little article called Brutal Truth. In, and it was just about bands and breweries. And there was always rock, heavy metal bands. And like e- either breweries collaborating with bands or somebody from a brewery that was in a band. They had an, uh, the bass player from Hive Smasher is a brewer. I can't remember the name of the brewery. But so I was just like, I came home one night, showed her these articles. And like, wouldn't it be cool if we could do that for like the local scene totally here and that's kind of where like the seed was planted i guess you would say yeah so then so from that point on how long ago was that oh that was a few years ago oh really okay this is just like and we would bring it up from time to time wouldn't it be cool wouldn't it be cool and then i just i guess we just said screw it let's try to make it happen i and i feel like it's really awesome to like add though that um, just randomly on the weekends, James and his boss like drunkenly text each other and half the time it's just hilarious gibberish, but <laughs> it just randomly, it was around Pittsburgh craft beer week and he was texting him like, Hey man, we should do a metal beer fest. And I mean, we didn't really talk about this mm-hmm. to a lot of people cause it wasn't a serious idea. And, um, yeah, so it kind of came together and we're like, Oh wow, someone else has this idea. I think it's, you know, that, that kind of gave us more incentive to like feel like okay so other people think this would be a good idea so maybe we should try to make it happen and um from there we you know had a couple pre-meetings tried to bring a few people in who we thought could like um add their two cents like chris roy who's the general manager at guitar center he also plays in vermithrax um you know we thought we brought him in to kind of be like our musician liaison if you will um, just because like he had more of that insight for us. And so um, he was really helpful with that. Um, of course, Steve and then a couple of the breweries just wanted to come in and hang out and be like, okay, well, we want to, we want to be involved. Let me know us. Let me know how we can be involved. And then um, Mark Turek, it's, huge it's, shout out for him because um, he puts on beers of the Berg and uh, it's a really awesome local beer fest where, mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't have distributors there, which, you know, Nowadays, when there's a beer fest every weekend, you know, the, it's a lot of it's distributor ran and like 
though we know those people and we care about them, it's it's different when, as a brewer, you get to go and people are there because they want to enjoy the beer rather than, like, go have a, like, a cheap thrill, if you will, and, yeah. like, get drunk for the weekend. And um, sometimes those ones that are, like, really inexpensive and just ran by distributors, like, they, they can turn into that. Like, we've seen it happen. And yeah. um, so... So we brought him in to kind of help with like, okay, how does a beer fest really run? Yeah. And he's been a huge help to me and I've called him on multiple times to be like, Hey dude, how do, how do we do this? And, um, um, I really appreciate that for, mm-hmm. for that. I so. think another point to make kind of getting into more stuff about the ticket price and everything that's going in financially to the event yeah. would be, uh, one thing that was brought up to me and the gray Walker guys was from a couple people, who said like, you know, have we gone to beer fests before and it was a little bit cheaper? Yeah. And it's like, that's true, but you got to consider those huge beer fests at like stage AE or at the convention center, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to get five, 10,000 people or something like that. And they can afford to chart maybe like a little bit less Yeah, and because that- they're going to get a ton of people. They don't have yeah. to. And like, this is all like sponsor driven and yeah. stuff. And like, there's no risk uh, or... Uh, real yeah risk would be the word there's no risk for those people like distributors to throw these events well i think that's that that one particular is a really good example because that is like a commercialized beer fest if you will and you're exactly right they sell thousands of tickets and like they can do it inexpensively because they can sell so many and that's something that we've already thought about too is i think that's somewhat of a limitation for us that we wanted to choose a venue that would support it not gouge us on price and that you know we knew it would kind of help make this happen and that's why spirit was such a good place but like we're kind of limited on how many tickets we can sell in the first place which i think we're, we're sticking to around 300 so that the vendors and the breweries and bands and everyone can be there and we don't go over our max capacity. Yeah, so. you want to make sure that you have people there, but at the same time you have space for everybody to kind of yeah. take yeah. everything in because there's going to be a lot of stuff set up and you don't want it like, exactly as some might say so poetically, nuts to butts yeah. <laughs> in there, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> now, sure. how did uh, Child Bite get involved in the fest? Um, well, I mean, I think we just, we just started asking around, like I kind of fell in love with them when I saw them with down. And so they were kind of on the back of my mind where we knew we wanted a band that would, might have a draw, but wouldn't, again, we were considering just like the cost of everything and we're like, okay, we, we want to budget this amount and they happen to fit into that amount, whether or not they would normally request more is a different story, but like they, they were accepting of our offer and, um, so that's kind of how they came to the picture. Yeah. Now, so you get all this ideas together mm-hmm. and uh, it comes to setting up the Kickstarter, right? And you have all of this stuff laid out on the table and you got to figure out these different rewards and how you're going to price everything. A lot of people don't quite understand how nerve wracking that mm-hmm. can be. Yeah. So when it came to setting all that stuff up, did you just kind of like get together and have a meeting and like just jot down all these ideas or did you have like uh, other people say like, you should do this, you should do that. Like what was, uh, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> just like, um. what was the, like your, was that the, I'm guessing that was the first time that either of you did anything with a Kickstarter before. Yeah. 
So how was that like experience of putting um, together the page? I feel like it, I mean I did I did most of the like doing all of the work for the Kickstarter on that end and it like I, I was kind of nervous like once we launched it, I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't know how people are gonna react to this but at the same time I was kind of trying to keep in mind like what I would expect the value would be, you mm -hmm. know. Um, we had initially thought, um, given that we had three hundred tickets, fifty and seventy five for general admission and VIP tickets. Um, that's kind of where we set the base level. Yeah. And then once we started adding a couple things, we're like, okay, well maybe we should like increase the price just a little bit for covering that cost because um, that's also part of what we have to keep in mind is that, y you know, we, we are going after this amount, but we also need to cover the extra stuff that we want to offer. And um, going into this whole festival, like my whole ethos for it was, you know, I want everyone to feel like they're getting out what they're putting in because a lot of it we're asking people to kind of bend over backwards a little bit, you know, kind of give us a little bit more than we would probably feel comfortable asking for, you know, doing things for free and stuff. And like, I don't always feel comfortable doing that. Um, and I feel like, you know, I feel like if you do a good job and you work hard, you know, you should get paid for that. And so, um, you know, when the bands and the breweries are offering their stuff, we want to turn around and offer them back something. And, uh, I didn't want anyone to like kind of come away and be like, oh, why did I do that? You know, I didn't want anyone to feel that way. And um, so we kind of kept in mind, and that's why some of the prices kind of went up and so on and so forth. And we wanted to keep a couple lower tier ones where people just wanted to donate. They just wanted to get entered into win a drawing, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Um, we wanted to kind of still make it accessible so that each week, even if they already bought their ticket, that they might still want to donate like 20 bucks and get entered again to win, you know, the base from Beardly Customs or be entered into one of the cool drawings. We have like the $100 worth of merch from Child Bite, the Brewer for a Day with Spoonwood, so on and so forth. Yeah. So, did I answer the question? Yeah, uh, that's good. Good okay. enough. <laughs> I, I want to be a brewer for a day. You should totally do it. Yeah. Are you, are you not? You're, you're brewing with Penn though, right? I yeah. Mean, I guess I guess that will work. We're yeah. filming a, a promo video that that'd day be, too. That would be so great. So I think like we're going to... at Penn? Yeah. That would be super so, fun. Gonna be These guys are so awesome. Uh -huh. I, I, I think I'm going to be pretty distracted with all that. But yeah, we have some really silly ideas That's for awesome. that. I don't know. We're really into making silly videos. I love it. So, no, it's yeah. so great. Now, let's talk about beer. Ooh, Just yeah. a general, general conversation about beer. Okay. What are your two like favorite beers, or maybe actually no? This is actually a better question. Styles. I was like the one in front of me right now is pretty good. This is excellent. We are drinking Breakside Breweries. Up. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. La Tormenta. It's a dry hot sour. It is pretty freaking good. Actually, okay. So this is a question I'm more curious about right now. We can get into styles afterwards. But what was maybe like the first quote craft beer? That you can remember having that like was like holy shit like this exists this is a thing first one for yeah. me was sam adams oktoberfest easy the first beer i ever had in my entire life was a labat blue <laughs> that had sat by a fire for like an hour so i was like just drink this and i was like oh god where's the vodka you know like this is terrible and i didn't touch it for a while after that and then um actually the guy who uh chris lee who let me know about the job at Southern Tier. I helped him move a couch or something. And he's like, have a beer. I was like, I don't drink beer. He's like, drink this beer. And it was a Sam Adams Oktoberfest. And it was, I was like, oh my God, 
What a what what what? <laughs> <laughs> and it's delicious. It is delicious, and we get it every year. And every it year, usually comes out right around his birthday, so it's usually like yep. Birthday usually present to myself is a twelve pack <laughs> of something <laughs> that has that in it. Yeah. Um, for me, I had a lot of friends who worked at Southern Tier uh, prior to me being 21. And one of them who was like really into homebrewing at the time, who was kind of like really exposing me to the this whole culture, um, you know, IPA was like one of the first ones that I had from them. And I was like, yeah, I love this. This is so good. And uh, yeah, from there, then I legally was able to drink it after that. And oh, yeah, it's mm-hmm. good times. Mine, I'll just contribute it. Yeah. Was yeah. Elliot Ness from Great Lakes. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah it's a good one. I don't know if I've actually ever had that one. That sounds so bad and yeah. so weird. Because yeah. it's like it's everywhere. Yeah. Try it sometime. They're a Christmas ale. Just going to say, I like it a lot. What were we drinking when we watched the penguins when we were doing that trivia? The chill wave? Yeah. Yeah. The double IPA? Huffs was doing like a chill wave and then they had like five different oh, infusion yeah. flavors. I think they didn't one have like oh, a nice. passion fruit or something yeah, in it like too? passion fruit, mango, delicious. Yeah. Drunk. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> one, two, three. Drunk. Yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> the um, now kind of evolved over the years. What would you say your favorite styles are? Because it's hard to kind of pick point, probably pinpoint like a favorite beer you know, at this point, unless you can. I'd be I curious mean, to know. I feel like I'm always curious about trying sours in the first place. Like, I feel like um, just because, you know, brewing can become monotonous and like, you know, very routine type job. And sometimes, you know, like you put out just, you know, regular beers that, you know, IPAs, porters, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I feel like when you start looking at sours and like barrel aging stuff, yeah, you, it kind of takes it to a next level and starts challenging yourself outside of what the norm is. And it's not necessarily something that you can just say, okay, A plus B equals C. It's kind of like, well, okay, this tastes like this now. Maybe I should hold off and not, you know, take it out of the barrel, you know? And so I feel like it just, it's kind of draws off your instincts a little bit more and actual palate, your like palate knowledge. And I, I, I really appreciate that. Um, but my go-tos are always IPAs in the first place. Like I kind of also judge brews off it a little bit. I'm like, if you can make a, bomb ipa you know i can trust that like you kind of have an idea of what you're doing a little bit yeah well um again i know nothing about brewing beer but what is an ipa like making a good ipa is that generally more difficult of a process to brew a good ipa or is it just a matter of like your taste as a brewer if you can make a good ipa to me it's i don't i feel like it also it all Hmm. depends on taste but i feel like yeah and when I look at an IPA, like to me, it, like some of them just go too far into the bitter and like they're just unpleasant. But I feel like a drinking experience is just pleasant. And um, so like when you can bring in a good flavor component as well as the aroma and this all comes together to me. Yeah. I, I mean, as long as it doesn't go one way or the other, you know, <laughs> I guess if that makes sense at all. Mm-hmm. My I really like uh, Six Point. Yeah. Out of Brooklyn. Yeah, I really okay. like their, they have like the resin IPA and the high res, which is like the hopped up one. Yeah. Both of those are like really, really good. When I think of a good, like an IPA that really stands out to me, those are ones that always yeah. sit really well in my personal yeah. palate. Yeah. yeah. Well, we yeah. have to have a house IPA on it, rock bottom. And like, it's, it's still my recipe, which is really great. But like, 
um, when I was crafting it, I knew I was always going to have probably like a secondary hoppy beer, whether it be a session IPA. Right now I have a red IPA on, so and so forth. Um, you know, I, I took like, okay, what would I want to drink every day? And that's kind of what I went after. Like it needs to have a nice small backbone, but a really great like citrus, like, like tropical fruit aroma and um, not too bitter. And I think that's kind of just what I've been trying to craft. And to me, it's not, obviously it's not perfect in any way, but it's what I like. What about you? I like IPAs and porters. Big fan of porters. Uh, that's, a, that's a style of beer that I want someone to make very well. If they don't, kind of like, why not? <laughs> sure. Why not? Like, it's probably like the one, if I have a bad one, I'm the most disappointed for. I just love a good porter. But I'm also, like, very seasonal drinker. Like, I don't drink a lot of dark beers in the summer. But, like, fall and winter, all about them. Summer's more, like, session-y IPAs, uh, IPAs. <laughs> I'm kind of the bad person to ask because I'll chug a 40. I don't care. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> yeah, like, your perspective, are you kind of... One of those, like, I won't drink a Labatt Blue. Or are you like, fuck it. I'll drink, I'll drink whatever. I will literally drink anything. <laughs> There's a few beers I've, I can't just because they put something in it I don't like. Like a certain fruit or certain pepper or something. Like, yeah. Like I've had, uh, when we were down two Pipers, someone had this beer that was like ghost peppers and scorpions. And they're like, oh, just try a shot of this beer. Didn't really warn us as to what it was. I took this thing and tried it. Before I know, my tongue's sticking out of my mouth. Yeah. And Piper's like, do you want some milk? I was like, or Hart. Hart was like, do you want some milk? I'm like, yeah, yeah, milk now. <laughs> so, <laughs> Do you do spicy food generally? I do, but like it was just too hot. Sure. I uh, had uh, the the habanero sculpin on Ballast uh, Point. Yeah. yeah. And uh, my, uh, I drank, it was like hard to get through a whole glass of it. It just yeah. like, it was a, an awkward taste yeah is eh, i was I like so. I, I don't know if i want but like, i feel like peppers mm. too can sometimes like well, yeah again if you don't necessarily do them right or find the right balance like i'd like i love um one of my assistants gib he does this really nice pepper tincture so anytime i want to add peppers like i'm like hey dude can you like get that going like um just because i feel like even if you want to go after a certain pepper taste you still have to have a balance to it mm -hmm. we just um, did a beer at spoonwood it's called secret alphabet and it's made with three peppers the only two that i can name off the top of my head right now is jalapenos and habaneros and there's some heat but it, it's when i drink a beer it's to relax and like that pepper beer made me sweat and very uncomfortable <laughs> and i don't want that when i drink my beers well i but, think that so honestly that's kind of how i feel about spicy food in general i love spicy food yeah but like when you take it to a level that the meal stops being enjoyable and it's yeah. just hot for the sake of being hot, it's kind of like, well, yeah. What's the point here? Like, what, am I like trying to prove something to someone? Oh, oh you are, <laughs> <laughs> because I've seen it. I've I've seen it in lunch break rooms at Guitar Center. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure this, at Southern Tier as well. Oh, I think we should like, a video of have that. Have you tried this? It's called like molten ass fallout have you tried it on your you know your lunch no i don't why why you know are you are you are, are you a, are you a pussy no yeah. no no actually i just don't want to in 15 minutes go to the bathroom i already have 
problems as an adult as it is. I don't need to add to them. So. Sure thing. I've been getting, I was like really into IPAs and I still like IPAs a lot, but I've found myself recently drinking a lot more sours and Belgians and wild ales and like anything like in that realm of stuff. I'm just like really interested in. I think also because whenever I first started getting into craft beer, um, trying sours then and being like, this is too much for me, Mm. but like down the line, how my palate has evolved into a point now where it's like, Oh, this is exactly what I'm looking for. That's so weird how you can change. It's it's funny. Like the first time I had a sour, she had brought back a bunch of bottles from Oregon. She try this. It's from cascade and they're a badass brewery. The first time I had it, it was like someone just like, unwillingly like put their finger in my butt i was like ah, what <laughs> and i was like what is yeah. this no get it away from me get it away from me yeah. but it wasn't until someone's like don't think about it so much as like your traditional beer like almost think about it like yeah. it doesn't taste like them but like a, like a wine like something like yeah. that yeah and once i did that i was like okay this is this is really good actually so. and i feel like even like talking about just sours or like wild beers in general like that's kind of what i equate it to is like anyone who might not necessarily like beer um i think it's good to maybe start with maybe a berliner or a goza or something else yeah. along those lines because uh they might have already be used to those characters from drinking wine yeah that's i've actually caught that i was at um <laughs> i was in new york and i took uh, my friend that I was with to Taurus, I don't know if you've ever been a, there. It's just no. like a, it's just a draft house that's in New York, but they have all kinds of like super insane Belgian stuff. Like, and like, uh, it was just like, you know, you'll probably like this stuff because it's yeah. really doesn't have like beer characteristics. And I also kind of, I really do have a different appreciation for when you talk about specifically Belgians and even their sours is like, it's so traditional and there's some people with, I mean, so our ingredients today are much evolved, you know, like our grains are much more modified. Um, you know, you don't have to necessarily do the same processes that once existed, but a lot of still like, um, like Belgian, um, brewers, like still do them just out of tradition and habit. Yeah. And I think it's really cool. Um, yeah, they just like they look at beer a lot differently, and they it's it, it's like I appreciate the passion that goes behind it. You know, it's not as necessarily as like oh a monotonous routine as it is like oh yes, okay, we do things this way, and you know it's because of this, and they have all the reasons behind it, and I, I think it's just kind of really beautiful in a way. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that at the brutal beer fest there is some Belgian somewhere for me to drink. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. What are, if what? Helltown has any more of that creek, he should totally bust that out. Yeah, he should. He did this. Uh, um, it's a creek. Crike. No, the crike. It's a cherry lambic, and it's super delicious. Like, I think one time we we like we're like we went there with the intention of buying a few bottles, and we like left because he like gave us like nine of them, and I'm like, all right, we need to ration these. Uh-huh. We're not drinking them all at once. And it was just really great. And we had two bottles that night we got back. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah. Because um, we like to drink. Yeah, we, uh, me and my girlfriend went to Trogues over the weekend. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we had a couple bottles of the Flying Mouflon. Oh, it's cool. like their barley wine okay. aged in oak barrels with like raisins and vanilla and chocolate. Sounds it's delicious. insane. Sounds good, though. And it's Sounds very, so good. very strong. Yeah. And we were just like 
goofy off of it. Just yeah. like, yeah. And we brought a bunch of that back and I had That's a bottle good. the other night and I was just like, this is so good. Yeah. And it was actually probably like the first barley wine that I've had that I could be like, I can get behind this. Cause usually it's like way too much for me. I think yeah. sometimes too, with like barley wines, I mean, they just need time. Cause like right now I'm, I mean, it's probably still too late for me to be thinking about it, but like I'm, I'm thinking about my barley wine you know, kind of have like that brew pub mentality, like, oh, we got to do this in, like three months, so I better start talking about it now. You know, where normally people would be planning like a year out for that type of stuff. But a lot of breweries do like age beers that high, like nine months ish, you know? Yeah. Um, just because that like, conditioning period is just really important. And like, even if you talk about barrel aging, that's even more important. <laughs> you know, you want to give it time to develop characters from the barrel and like mellow out, and it's going to change. And um, yeah, so. I like big bears like that. Mm. And they're really cool. We're actually like on the sign. We like James and I always like randomly talk about like we have opened a brewery, like what we would do. And so like I always throw some ideas out to him. And like um, I always thought I, I thought it'd be really rad to do this like barrel age, like beer, kind of like a barley wine ish, um, depending on what it would turn out to be. Maybe like a Bach of sorts. Um, but like call like more, which is mother and Swedish. And it kind of brings this whole like cool, like Viking esque. Uh, character to it and like be just that. be big and <laughs> delicious and badass. <laughs> I like thinking of names like that. Mm-hmm. Fun. So with side note. <laughs> side note. Yeah, we never right uh, we never really did uh, talk about if there's going to be what's like what's going to be at the festival though. Yeah, do we have any sort of idea? What can we what can we put out there? <laughs> Who's going to be at the festival? How any anybody outside of what's been mentioned? Mm, as far as breweries yeah. and bands, um, I think we, I, I just put updated the website recently to make sure all the ones, but like a new brewery coming out, Mindful, they're going to be there. Um, and Are I they from Pittsburgh? Uh, yeah, they're yeah. opening just right down the hill from Spoonwood over in Bethel Park, Castle Shannon area. Okay. Yeah, Castle Shannon. Um, so they're going to be on board. I'm not sure what they'll have by then because... They have the equipment. I don't know when they're going to start brewing, though. Hmm. Um, we just did a collaboration at Rock Bottom with them, and that was pretty cool. Um, who else? Apis is going to be there, and I know they're going to have... Co-Star? Oh, yeah. Co-Star. Co-Star. I should highlight, too. Those guys are rad. I love them to death. Yep. But they don't really get out to a lot of festivals because they're not brewing a lot. But this was one that like they're like, we're yeah. going to be yeah, we Their want. beer is so good. good. Yeah. yeah. It is outrageous. Seriously. And I feel like I'm just more impressed. Like you should go to their garage on the weekend and party with them because they're super great. Oh, yeah. Where's it at? Coastar Way <laughs> in Highland Park. Okay. Yep. Uh, if you Google Coastar Way, you'll find them. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's this garage behind um, Jeff's house, and <laughs> it's like like I said, it's really impressive for what they're doing and like the quality of product they're putting out after that yeah as i remember i had a couple of their things and i was like what is this stuff yeah so i had it at there's a bar down the street from my house and like they have all local drafts and i was like who the, what the fuck is co-star yeah and then and he was telling me the story like you know it's out of a garage i was like this yeah. stuff is they're insane. trying to grow and i think that's and I'm pittsburgh's super best kept secret maybe maybe mm. yeah there you go jeff and dom it's yeah. your slogan. <laughs> um, but to highlight, too, Helltown. So um, we love those guys. And Sean, the owner, doesn't usually go out to festivals. If you go and see Helltown, you're usually going to see Brian, who does sales for them. Um, but he's going to be there, too, because, again, it, we're, this is a different type of festival. And I think it's cool to, like, highlight that um, 
a lot of the brewers are looking at this festival differently because it is different. And um, that's what's going to be really cool about it. I mean, just to highlight this, I, like the day before is Beers of the Berg. And so oh, for, really? us, okay. for us, we're going into a weekend full of awesome beer fests, but I think we're going to have a different crowd. And they we're going to attract people who just look at beer a little differently. There's going to be a lot more music. black t-shirts. I think this <laughs> is probably going to be the first beer fest for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Most likely. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Like the typical beer fest, I think, just attracts a, a, a more broad crowd. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. like this is like a very niche demographic. It, it doesn't have to be. I think anybody could come to this event and have a blast. Yeah. But I mean, we I talked. Would, you talked about it. You mentioned it earlier too about beer fest too. I mean, um, that. I mean, a lot of the beer fests that they're they're everywhere and they like happen all the time. But and they usually have a music component, whether it's a DJ or like a cover band. And I think that's good to highlight, though, that like not only are you getting a beer fest where we we probably have around 10 breweries. We'll probably end with a little more than that by the time the festival starts. So you're going to be able to try like 20 plus beers. Oh, yeah. And um, but you also get a show. And I think that's just really good to make a point to, you know, say and you get to try beers that are unique yeah. to the event. <clears throat> yeah. Awesome. Yeah, which is isn't always too. the case with a lot of beer fests. Yeah, you know, yeah like I agree. That big beer fest that happens at the convention center. Mm-hmm. I remember looking at like the breweries that are there, and they have the beers, and I'm just like, I've had all of these beers. Yeah. This is like, yeah. I don't really, me personally, I don't need to pay sixty bucks to drink all I mm-hmm. want of all this stuff. Yeah, I'd much rather put that money towards something else. Yeah, and like it's a, all local. <laughs> yeah, this one, it's all local. Yeah. Minus child bite, I should say. <laughs> Minus child bite, yeah. <laughs> and I think some people who saw like the Metal Sucks video, which I mean, it was so rad that we were able to be featured on there. But uh, <clears throat> people were kind of like, "Oh, it's like just Pittsburgh-based things." But yeah, but like, there's a different quality, and like for us, it means a lot for it to be all Pittsburgh-based, especially for the first one, um, just because we. I mean, the biggest thing that we're bringing to this festival is camaraderie and creativity between two communities that, you know, overlap in so many ways and um, kind of really putting them together and be like, hey, guys, you should enjoy this beer and enjoy these bands. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, maybe in the future we'll have more and maybe it won't always be just Pittsburgh, but we always want it to be authentic. And, you know, if there's a brewery coming in from out of town, we want that brewery to be there because they want to be there. And I think that's what will distinguish the quality aspect you know, compared to something like one that's going on at Stage AE or the convention center yeah. where a lot of times they'll just send a rep. And, and I know when I go to a beer fest or a beer event, I want to talk to a brewer or someone who works there and gets to like, see what's going on. You know, it's different authenticity to it. Mm-hmm. So. I think people have a bad habit, sometimes unintentionally bad habit of overlooking local arts, you know, like, uh. Like, oh, this is, like, it's cool that there's all this, like, these local breweries. People will be into, like, supporting local breweries or local restaurants, local this or that. But when it comes to supporting, like, local art, it's like, oh, well, local art is, can be overlooked. It's, doesn't, yeah. it's Until not it worth somehow it blows completely. up and yeah. then everyone's like, oh, yeah, I knew that. I've, known, I saw I've that. known that guy forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you see all the time. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, is there anything else we want to brush up on with the festival here? No. There's links and stuff. I'm going to get this Are episode out. Are we talking about out. belts? Huh? Are we going to talk about belts? 
belts. Oh yeah, the championship belts. Oh, Bring them up. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, I was totally seeing the motion as if I had a belt on. This part hasn't really been flushed out or flushed out or whatever. Flushed is good. Flushed, yeah. flushed, whatever. <laughs> uh, there's going to be two championship belts, and I think some sort of vote or just whoever decides what, but. The brewery and band that get decided upon will get to have championship belts for a year. Yeah, that seems super exciting. So for like the best voted beer in brewery collaboration. Yes. yes. So, so yeah. one belt goes to the band, one goes to the brewery. brewery. Yeah, gotcha. absolutely. I think that's going to be pretty much the We're after of it. it. Yeah. yeah. You're going to fight it. for it, you know. Yeah. I think that'll take the quality of the product and the performance that much more. Uh-huh. Take it up a notch. Yeah. <laughs> and it takes it from camaraderie to competition. <laughs> <laughs> I hope someone gets Elbows body slammed or flying elbow, super kicked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By the time this episode goes up, I'm going to get it up ASAP, but there's probably going to be about a week left okay. on the Kickstarter. Okay. Uh, if it's a little bit sooner than that, then hey, there's not a whole lot of time left to, for the Kickstarter. So if yeah. you're listening to this yeah. go buy and you think tickets. this is cool, go buy a goddamn ticket. Yeah. Yeah. Each week we're just throwing new or, awesome stuff your way. So check it out. Like this week we're giving away extra entries to win the base through Beardly Custom. Mm-hmm. And I mean, tickets for general admission have dropped 20 bucks. So you're only paying 40 bucks to have at least at a minimum 40 ounces of beer and watch four great bands. And the um, meal ticket. And a meal, meal ticket. ticket. That's super great. Um, yeah, so I, I'd say get them now, and I mean, it's going to be worth your while. Yeah. And you get to be part of the first one, too. Yeah. I think I think it's going to be one of those things that if, by random chance, it doesn't sell out, if, um, I won't put my money on that. But, like, people are going to be like, oh, man, why didn't I go? Because, you know, you have alcohol and rad people who are going to have a good time anyway. So Yeah, and if you are of legal drinking age, which is yes. if you're at least 21 years older, or 21 or older <laughs> and you think this sounds cool you should have 40 bucks for this yeah you've spent yeah. 40 bucks on dumber things probably i'm talking yeah. to you i know i have listener same here you probably took your girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever to some awful date at olive garden and spent like 50 <laughs> bucks last week you or piece they, of shit or they bought the deluxe blu-ray of titanic and it came in like a replica of the titanic and you had to break it in half to get to the dvd is that a thing it should be that's not. fucking rad <laughs> all right actually i'll excuse anyone that buys that yeah, that Instead is kind of cool, ticket. actually. But then again, if you're... Leo and his golden days. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm I'm really excited for this. I'm so stoked yeah. that we get to be a part of it. And yeah. We didn't even tell him. Brad Pitt's single again, and he's going to totally be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I should make a note, too, because we have gotten the question a lot, like, will this festival happen regardless if the Kickstarter is successful? The answer is yes. Um, the Kickstarter we designed because we wanted to, like, give some rad stuff away, and we thought that'd be a good incentive yeah. also to get your ticket. So we're not necessarily just trying to get money from you and then on top of that uh, get, you know, your mm-hmm. ticket money. We are literally, like, we want to sell you tickets now. Yeah. And we know that going into the festival that costs are covered everyone's gonna you know yeah and, and if, it'll be great 
you buy your ticket now rather than later, you're paying a little less, plus you're getting more. Yeah. Yep. Because the general admission ticket, when it goes on sale post Kickstarter, I think from what I remember, that doesn't come with a meal ticket. Does right? not come with the a meal VIP ticket. ticket does. Yes. But the general admission won't. Yeah. And the general admission is going to be fifty. Yep. So you're going to be paying ten dollars more yep. to get probably twenty to twenty-five dollars less worth yep. of things. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And we still have the Kickstarter. We still have the VIPs at like the reduced price. We're not necessarily like pushing it or announcing it, but they are. So VIP tickets are also at a really great rate. So buy them up. Yeah. Stop being a bunch of jags. I feel kind of like we're on a public um, radio station and trying to get like our donations for our (laughs) annual. Right. Oxford just recognized Jag off, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why didn't anyone celebrate that? I already said, like, our house IPA is named Uppity Jagoff, and I'm like, man, that was a missed social media opportunity. Why did we not <laughs> push that? Um, you should still do it, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, should. Totally. Yeah. Well, I think this has been a great conversation. I've, cool. I'm glad we did this. Thanks for bringing yeah. this delicious brew. That was Shout yummy. out to Natalie, who uh, brought it from Oregon. Thanks, Natalie, All from right. Oregon. <laughs> and yeah, I guess I'll be seeing you, too. Very soon. Yeah. Very soon. Yeah, if I get a heads up when you guys are doing your collab with Penn, I might drop in and try to bug you. It'd be probably September twenty really seventh, next Tuesday. Oh, this Tuesday. Next. It's on a Tuesday. Maybe. Tuesday. Tuesday. Maybe. Maybe I will. Maybe, Maybe I'll sneak I'll in. Try. Be fun. Yeah, Maybe come we'll by. Be That'd party. be fun. You could be in the video. Scope out the competition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What kind of what's Spoonwood doing? Oh yeah, we never really. Oh, uh, we We don't really have it all ironed out yet okay <laughs> it's gonna have fire and sweetness fire nice it's yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i we have already started talking about it but uh world scariest police chases and i we're gonna do a malt liquor nice that's so appropriate. It yeah, was. It I mean, when I thought about it, you know, uh, Rock Bottom has done one in the past. So I was like, you know, it turned out really great. And I had randomly, everyone at work was like, so Meg, when are you guys going to email liquor again? And I'm like, um, I know when. And uh, I emailed Dan Rock about it. And he was like, oh, my God. We have wanted to make one for our band uh-huh. and call it Taser, mimicked after laser, the, the 40. And I'm like, oh, man, this is so perfect. And so I'm really excited to have them in. They're coming in October 5th. So it should be really fun. Cool. Yeah, that was the funny thing. Like whenever we got this email about, you know, do you want to be a part of this? Like we had like just a day or two before talking about how if we ever had a beer. The name of our album was Beyond All Mortal. Yeah. We're like, we want to make a beer called Beyond All Porter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So that's why we're going to do the porter with the rum thing and try to just have like this awesome porter. Do you ever think about like what your soundtrack for the brew day is? Because like I feel like I'm kind of like dwelling on it a little bit. I'm like, yeah, I want to make like the ultimate collaboration soundtrack. Like, how do I? Like, what should I do? Yeah. So, do you have you thought? About I hadn't it? even thought about that. No. Yeah, you better get one together. Damn, I hadn't even considered <laughs> that. That's a thing. On. <laughs> ah, no, we'll figure it out. Yeah, I know. It'd be fun. <laughs> Thanks for making the time to talk. Super oh, stoked yeah. about this event. Awesome. Thanks. And for if anyone us. who's listening to this isn't stoked about this event. Get out of my life. I don't want you in it. You're <laughs> you're a boring person. <laughs> Ditto. Yeah. I just got to be stern about that. Indeed. Ditto. 
And we are done. And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. I had a blast getting to sit down with Meg and James and talk about the Pittsburgh Brutal Beer Fest and everything else that we talked about. It was a real treat. So, if you haven't already, please be sure to check out the links in the episode description and come to this event. Seriously, it's going to be a great time and I don't know how much more I could possibly stress that. I'll be back again next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2016. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening.